Hey there, welcome to Rehab for Runners. I'm Dr. Lisa, your physical therapist for all things running, whether you're trying to prevent injuries or get out of pain, you're in the right place. And today we're going to be talking about mastering a certain movement pattern that's not only going to make you run stronger, maybe get you out of pain even, and improve your speed, and that is the hip hinge a very important movement pattern that all runners need to master, just like how you should be mastering that single leg squat that I've talked about in the past. I love single leg squats. This hip hinge is super important, and I thought I would talk about it because when I'm going through a lot of my one-on-one clients, going through a custom running analysis, and I'm breaking down certain movements And then tying it all together, piecing it all together with maybe a history of injury that the runner has or where they're lacking strength. One of the big things that I see going wrong is lack of glute strength. It's lack of glute activation. I'm going to tie those two together today, but I will break them down for you. And a lot of runners may think, oh, my glutes are just asleep Or on the flip side, I am strengthening my glutes. I'm doing squats and lunges and deadlifts, so I must have strong glutes. That cannot be the cause of my hip pain, my knee pain, or why I can't improve my running. So today, let's wake those glutes up. Let's fire them up so you can improve your running form and decrease your pain. So let me start by answering the question, what even is a hip hinge? Because that's what we're going to be talking about, and I want to make sure you really understand what that hip hinge is. So a hip hinge just means the first movement of that exercise is moving your hips, hinging your hips. So I want you to think of a deadlift as a hip hinge, a bridge as a hip hinge on your back where you're just lifting your pelvis up and down. Think about a hip thrust where maybe your mid back is on a couch or a box and your knees are bent and you're thrusting your pelvis up and down using your glutes. The whole idea behind a hip hinge is that you're hinging your hips so you can load your glutes appropriately. But a lot of the time this movement pattern isn't either being used correctly or it's just not even being used in the first place. And The reason I want to talk to you about it is because I want you to be a glute dominant runner. I want you to use your glutes appropriately. I want those glutes to dominate, specifically the glute max dominating over hamstring, over quads. There's a time and a place for quads and hamstrings to turn on, but when I'm talking about the hip hinge, I really want those glutes to be dominant. And this can play into your running because When you're pushing off the ground, when your foot's about to leave the ground, the first muscle that should be turning on is your glute max. It should not be your hamstrings. It should not be your quads. It should not be your adductors or your hip flexor. It should be your glute max. It's the strongest muscle in your body, so we have to learn to use it correctly. If your hamstrings turn on before your glute max, your glute max is just going to be like, you got it. You're dominating over me, and I just can relax and watch you work. So that's just going to lead to lack of hip strength, lack of push off, even turning into some sort of injury such as a proximal hamstring tendinopathy, some sort of hip pain. So that's why we have to get these glutes working correctly. So let me back up a little bit because the first thing that we need to cover before you even think about going into a hip hinge is glute activation. So when I say this, I really am talking about 
activating your glutes on a neurological level. This means if you tell the brain, squeeze your glutes, your brain is able to relay that message to your glutes and your glutes are now being squeezed and activating. Now this is, it can sound very baseline, but believe it or not, this is very difficult for a lot of runners to do. So the first thing I want you to really work on is just squeezing your glutes, making sure that if you do this in standing or sitting, making sure that, you know, you can put your hand on your glutes, feel them being activated. If you're doing it in standing, making sure that if you put your hand on the front of your hip, you're not feeling your hip flexor activate first. You're not feeling your hamstring activate first. It's all just coming from your glutes. I am doing this as we are talking so I can talk you through it. So the first thing we have to get down is that neurological level of what we call motor control. Being able to turn that muscle on when you want to, being able to let it relax when you want to as well. Now that you have the motor control, we're going to move up and we're going now into your mobility. So maybe you've seen a hip hinge where it's all coming from the back. You're just hinging at the lumbar spine. Maybe you've seen a hip hinge where you're just bending your knees. It's just not looking pretty. The next thing that you really want to focus on before we even get into strength is hip mobility. So if you're not able to go through that full range of motion of your hip, and your hip is a ball and socket joint, so it has a ton of motion, just like your shoulder, you need to have full range of motion of your hip. And I'm not talking about being able to go to end range of your hip. That's another story. I'm talking about just full range of motion during your running form. So if you can't get into internal rotation, full internal rotation, full external rotation, full hip extension, just when you're doing some mobility work or dynamic work, that is that has to be addressed. Because if you want to be able to turn on those glutes to the full degree, to your max potential, you have to have full hip mobility. I talk about this a lot in the most recent episode that I just had about how clamshells are just not enough for gluteus medius strength. So make sure you check that out. But make sure you have that full hip mobility. Make sure you're able to actually get into full hip extension because that's what the glute max does. And if you're not able to get into full hip extension, you're not able to activate your glutes and strengthen your glutes to your full potential. Now that you have that motor control, now that you have that mobility, we can start working on your movement patterns. In movement patterns, as a PT, I see movement patterns as just ways to pick up what muscles are being activated first and how are you using those muscles. So if you're doing a hip hinge with no weight and you're not able to get those glutes back and load them appropriately, you're not able to do that when you're running. So we really have to break down your running form, break down those movement patterns and adjust them, reteach your body how to move appropriately with those movement patterns so you can then build your body back up with that strength and power. And hip hinge is the perfect way to do that. So let's practice the hip hinge. Go ahead and stand up if you aren't already or practice this later. What I really want you to do is just put your hands on your hips in a standing position. You can be about a foot from the wall. And all I want you to do is just hinge at the hips. You'll be able to feel if your hands are on your hips around your pelvis, you'll be able to feel a crease starting in the front of your hip because you're hinging backwards. As you do this, make sure your back stays flat in that neutral position. You're tucking your pelvis back in that posterior pelvic tilt before you start and your hips go back. 
I like to do this with a wall behind you because then you can get some feedback as you push your glutes back into the wall, trying to tap your glutes on the wall. I think that's great feedback so you know if you're doing it correctly. You can always do this in front of a mirror or to the side of a mirror. So you can really just look, are my hips going back first or am I just hinging at my back and my hips aren't really moving at all? You really wanna see, like actually see in the mirror your hips going back first before you even start hinging at your chest and coming down with the hip hinge. Another really great drill for a hip hinge is if you have a dowel rod or a cane or a Swiffer, anything that's a solid um, stick basically, and you can put it behind your back and basically you'll want three points of contact. You want your head to touch the stick, you want your mid back to touch the stick, and you want your glutes to touch the stick. And you wanna make sure that you're not hyperextending your low back as you do this, so keeping that neutral spine with that posterior pelvic tilt, and you're just holding the stick against your body that is behind you. And from here, you can just practice your hip hinge. I love that drill because it's really giving you feedback if you're doing the hip hinge correctly. You want to make sure you keep all three points of contact on that stick as you perform a hip hinge. If this is really difficult for you, I recommend doing a ton of reps, like 30 or 40 reps every day so you can just get it down because that's how important this is. It's super, super easy to compensate with a hip hinge. I already said before, you can hinge at your low back. So instead of sticking your butt back first, you're almost just folding over, like folding your chest over as you come forward versus hips going back as you fold over. Okay, that's really, really common, very common to use your paraspinals instead of your glutes. I see this a lot in a bridge, like a glute bridge on your back. I see this a lot when you're running. I see this a lot in running analysis that I do. I see this a ton. So if you have low back pain, don't just keep stretching out your low back. Make sure that you can activate your glutes. And the same thing happens with hamstrings, adductors, and hip flexors. Just compensating. They're just way more dominant. They're way stronger. Your movement patterns have just over time, maybe you've taught your body to just turn those muscles on before you turn your glutes on. Therefore, they're just not going to be able to work to your full potential. So other hip hinges that you can do during your strength training, because I just feel like they're just so important to do, are bridges. Making sure that you're squeezing your glutes. And you can even put your hands on the top of your pelvis and just make sure that those hip flexors don't turn on first. Another one is those hip thrusts where your mid back is against the couch or a box and you're just thrusting your pelvis up. Kickstand RDL, any sort of deadlift, a good morning is a great one to do as well. Making sure you are using those glutes, hinging back at the hips, back stays flat. You'll feel a lot of tension in your hamstrings and in your glutes and that's really gonna help you improve your running form. So as you're able to master this hip hinge, maybe now you don't need to do it with a wall behind you or using a stick. Now you're able to maybe load your glutes more. So now you're adding a weight to maybe a glute bridge, a hip thrust, or a deadlift. That's where you also wanna make sure that that quality of movement is awesome. You wanna make sure that you're able to continue using your glutes 
as you load those glutes up. Because as you add more resistance, those dominant muscles are going to take over. So make sure when you add resistance, you're starting out with a light weight, just getting that quality of movement down versus saying, okay, I got it. I can now go back to deadlifting, you know, 100 pounds because I guarantee those paraspinals are just going to take over or your hamstrings or your adductors, hip flexors just going to take over instead of those glutes. So as you strength train, start out slow working on quality of movement. If you've gone through any of my programs, you know I really emphasize quality of movement because that displays into utilizing those movement patterns in the right way. Because that's what's going to make the difference in your running. That's what's going to make the difference as you improve your running form because now you're able to master these different movement patterns. So in conclusion, you need strong glutes. Squats and lunges and even deadlifts, they can all be done wrong. And you don't want to be compensating by using all these other muscle groups because that's just going to display into increasing your chance of injury or just plateauing your running. So we don't want that. Make sure that you focus on that hip hinge movement pattern. Make sure then you're able to build that strength. You're able to activate your glutes appropriately, having that hip, that full hip mobility. And it's going to make a huge difference in your running. If you want me to take a look at your running form, make sure you check out those show notes below and fill out the application, and I'd be happy to look at your running form. I think as we ramp up into the summer, we're starting to increase mileage. It's really, really good to just get someone else's perspective, especially if you've had a history of injuries or you're kind of battling this low-level pain that's only coming on when you're running. Really, really good idea to just have someone take a look at your running form, take a look at your movement patterns and see if they can find anything that maybe you should work on or that you could do a little bit better. I hope this episode was helpful. Bring out those broomsticks. Let's start activating those glutes and I'll talk to you later. Bye.